going live. They don't see us yet. It's just a banner. Uh, and are we live? Are we live? We are live. So they're receiving content, and I will wait. Uh, it is on Amazon. Huh? It is on Amazon? It is. Yeah. Oh, it's on Prime? Badass. Yeah, yes. that's a good move, man. Yeah. It is now added to the queue. Nice. Ooh, we already got five in here. Hey, uh, we will go live in one minute. We got Fuego here with us, and good to go. Just waiting for a couple couple people here to get in. Why should we wait for anybody? Why should we? Well, I want them to hear the answers. You know what I'm saying? And, and plus, I'm, plus, I'm getting dressed, so, you know, we, we got to wait for me to get dressed. You're getting dressed? Yeah. You know. Why am I sitting here with you while I'm waiting for you to get dressed? Well, that's why I said bring the... Why are you wearing a black and sunglasses? Why am I wearing a thick sweater? I tell you, everything you're wearing just makes me warm. <laughs> I'm sure that's the same for me that you're wearing the jacket. It's like fashion. Is I don't think. Well, I see, because you're inside, bad. right? You're inside, and it's cold. I'm inside in nice air conditioning. Right. You know? See, I yeah. don't own any long sleeve shirts. I don't think. I know. And if I do, I just I usually rip the sleeves off. <laughs> Ted's a polar bear. He, he just jumps outside and. <sighs> yeah, no, whatever. If, if I'm cold, take me to the hospital because I'm sick. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Okay. Well, we got some people in here. They're headed in here. It says 10. So I am going to get this thing started. And yeah. here we go. Let me get things uh, rolling my here. Agua. Let me. You, you got your water there, Ted? You ready? Yeah, I do. Okay. So here we go. Uh, uh, Felix is already here. What's up, Felix? Beth. What is up, Beth? And we're live. Well, we were live, but hey, welcome to Late Late Horror What's Show, up, you guys. Man? What is going on, man? We, we got uh, another tag video, a Stephen King horror tag uh, video, and we got, well, this is Ted. We all know that. Yeah, and, yeah, and, I'm and, I, and I'm Dino. I don't even know how to say <laughs> our names anymore, but uh, CP in the house. Uh, anybody on iTunes, remember, we're on YouTube video, so you hear us throwing names out there. It's because we're always in the chat talking to them. Uh, but, hey, who do we got with us here today? We got Jaime and Fuego from The Horror Show. Mm -hmm. And the link is down below. You know, I should let him say that. But first, uh, Fuego, I, I got The Horror Show links. Check them out below. I've got the playlist to all of Fuego's. I, I call him Fuego. It's, it's, I'm not going to go through the whole... Go for short at this point, you know? <laughs> right, Fuego, Fuego. Uh, so, um... Uh, I've got his playlist down below for the Hail to Stephen King and anything Stephen King related from the, the Horror Show channel. And I also put Enfuego Entertainment. I put that link down there just in case you throw something up there. I, I saw it and I was looking back and he's got a lot of uh, rock stuff going on there and, and, and other things. So we'll see whatever that takes in the future. I'll talk to you about that in a few. Talking about a relaunch for a while, but you know, with two to three episodes a day, the horror show has definitely been taking precedence. You know, right, 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 right. But so. the link's down there. Anybody interested, <clears throat> if they're fans, they also would like to probably go over there and hit that too and see Absolutely. what you did. Because I was looking at a couple uh, older videos there, uh, Fuego, and and yeah, it's it's you go back about five years on there, I think, uh, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah, I think it's like close to seven at this point. Back when I was a DJ for heavy metal television, shit, even before. Right, that. right, yeah, yeah. That that was interesting. But but yeah, needless to say, I think everybody who watches my channel knows who he is. Um, but if you want to say anything real quick, uh, tell us your channel real quick. Even though I did that, your name and your show that you do. Yeah, definitely. So uh, twice a week we do something called Hail to Stephen King on the Horror Show and. That's where I cover anything King-centric. I have an ongoing series called Films That Forgot the Face of Their Father, where I do like 
sequels like Return to Salem's Lot. Sometimes they come back again, you know, Pet Cemetery 2, things like that. Uh, lots of anniversary coverage. At the end of the month, we're going to be discussing Bag of Bones for its 20th anniversary, the Bram Stoker winning novel. So, I mean, we just jump all over the place with that coverage. But I have to give the biggest shout out to the guys who brought me into the fold, obviously, which is Cecil and producer Dave, because they're really, I mean, I, I kind of tangled the King stuff more so on my own a little bit, but they gave me the platform to present it, man. And it's like a super blessing to be part of that team because they're really the workhorses of it, you know, when it all boils down to it with the trailer reactions, film reviews, with all the stuff that we do. Uh, Cecil and I were just out for The Predator last night, which uh, <laughs> we put our thoughts on it. I love most of it. You know, I'm not going to go into that. There's a review right, right, right. for the room, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I'm such... I'm, I'm so proud to be part of the team, and uh, yeah, constantly. You started out a fan, right? I mean, technically, right? Season one of the horror show, back before we became an ongoing YouTube channel, we used to do stuff in, in seasons. And so, season one, I was doing DJ work for heavy metal television with Susie Von Slaughter, who has since gone on to have three more children, and right. is nailed down for coverage and stuff, you know, which is understandable. But, uh, yeah, she was like, hey, I just went and auditioned for this new show that's starting, and I think you'd like it because I know you like horror. I was like, okay. So I watched a few videos, and I loved the vibe. I loved how it was loose, and it, it took horror seriously, but they didn't take themselves very seriously, and that's totally my MO. You know, I like to be informative but keep fun and not be, like, too, you know, uppity about myself or anything. You know, and uh, so, yeah, I was a fan the first season, and I was, like, commenting on every video on their YouTube. <laughs> yeah. and she's like, how about you come over for a podcast? I'm going to, like, bridge the waters kind of thing. And uh, I was cosplayed as Skinner Sweet from the American Vampire, uh, Stephen King slash Scott Snyder comic book at Mad Monster in 2014. Mm -hmm. That's when Cecil and I met. We hit it off. We, yeah, we had some drinks, and we talked shop, and, yeah, the rest is history. So I joined for season two along with Marsha, and... Yeah, it's dope, man, and it's continued onward since then. So. It's it's funny. I, I remember that video you're talking about the the vampire like kind of mini movie thing you guys did there. That was that was kind of cool. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and, and, and hey, you guys, let me know if um, everything sounds good on his end, uh, audio wise. Should be working good. Hopefully, uh, Fuego sounds perfect. Um, Queenie is in the chat. Hey, girl, what's going on? Um, Bob says hello. I, nice to see you in the chat. And uh, Ramon is in there. Uh, he says, "What's up?" He's already asking us about Sleepwalkers. I'll try to get oh, that. If, if you get, <laughs> we're going to start on this. I told you I wanted to do that movie here pretty soon. I mentioned yeah. that. Too. We're going to jump right on the the, the tag video. <clears throat> and, and technically, this was started, I think, by uh, Bronco Juggalo, uh, their channel. And I will get the link down there too, so it will be down there. I. I Putting a whole mess of links up in the description, so I'll eventually get, I'll give him I'll give him the credit, and I will put the link down there. So look for that, you guys, uh, uh, later on uh, after I get this uploaded again after it's done, you know, doing what it does. But um, yeah, he's talking about sleepwalkers. We'll get to questions after we do our tag, our questions, and technically there's eight questions. We'll each answer them. And, and and see our choices and what we think about everything. Right. But but again, all the links below, you guys. What's that, uh, Fuego? I was just saying, if only we could have had 19 questions, that would have been... No 19. Secret. Everything's 19. You don't 19. get it. You no, 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 19. What? <laughs> you don't get it. No, 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 19. But hey, uh, everybody, thank, thanks, thanks for uh, joining us here, you guys. Um, this should be fun. Uh, coming from the man who knows uh, Stephen King. And this guy over here who really does, and, and, and I'm a little bit behind 
but I'm I'm good. So yeah, I like what I like. You do, but yeah. So so hey, let's just jump right off and get to question number one. Okay, uh, question number one is what is your favorite Stephen King movie? Okay. So this is one. Yeah, man, this is one that a lot of people might be surprised by because there's the biggies. You know, there's there's Shawshank, there's Misery, there's The Shining. Even if King hates it, things like that. But for me, as far as taking source material, elevating it and making it immensely better when you have really good stuff to begin with. I go with Frank Darabont's The Mist from 2007. That is my favorite Stephen King movie. It, it brought so much more life. It expanded upon characters. I personally prefer the black and white version yeah, of it. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. Spotty <laughs> CGI in certain scenes, it helps to mask that a little mm-hmm. bit, like where kid gets attacked when they're you know trying to get the generator started again and stuff. But, I mean, and the ending... The fact that King approved the non-happy ending just blows my mind. He has even gone on record to say that he's like, hey, that was a better ending than I can cognate. Because King usually has a silver lining in his stuff, and yeah. that's what they did with the novella, you know? They they escape, and they're at right. like kind of a holiday in pseudo kind of place, just chilling him in the sun, and everything's like, well, we don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, you know, the sky's the limit, blah, blah, whatever, but... They went for such a dark ending, and Thomas Jane just brings up such emotion in that scene, man, where he's just crying his eyes out and you know, just such weeping nastiness. And yeah, it's a great I, film. It I, made it like an episode of The Twilight Zone at the end there. You know, just the, the yeah. good, right? You right. know, the 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 ending like that, that nihilistic kind of. Yeah, good. I mean, excellent choice. Um, I I am a bit surprised that it's well, maybe not. I I mean, you've gone through the entire every novel and and, you know, all the movies and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I guess I can see that it is up there as one of the better movies Mm -hmm. uh, adapted from the books. But I'm probably always going to stick to some old school stuff, but I don't. Do you want to go? You go next. next. I I did pick Shining. I got my crappy. Because I'm a. Board here. Board. Well, I got my phone. My clipboard. <laughs> but go well, ahead. I, mean, I, just, I picked Shining not only because... What's that? Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I was just going to interject real quick that I purposefully didn't choose any sequels, miniseries, television adaptations, anything like that. I went strictly right. for film. You know, yeah. but I missed yeah, I think is... I pretty much... Yeah. yeah, I stayed away from yeah. the yeah. miniseries and things too. Yeah, good choice. Good. Uh, I, I said Shining. You know, you know my love for it. Yeah. Being, you know, the Kubrick fan I am. And I, and I know it deviates from the source material in, in many ways. Mm-hmm. But it's just such a slow burn and a one of the few horror epics, in my opinion. Just that... And just you well, know, yeah, well the, you you dig deep into all the imagery and the, the imagery the meanings. Easter Kubrick eggs. did nothing yeah, yeah. for no reason, but that, that doesn't right. take away from the fact that it just, you know, ever since I was a kid and saw it, it just freaked me out, that, that slow burn of it and... Yeah. Um, just the claustrophobia of the hotel, and mm-hmm. and then just the fear of you know a father trying to kill his wife and child at the end there. So. Yeah, I know that affects you a little bit. It when, does. When it comes That's to the that stuff. Any of... movie where like kids are in jeopardy yeah. just always really affects me for some reason. But uh, I think it's masterfully done, and maybe not the closest adaptation, but uh, yeah, one that I probably watch three, four times a year. Yeah. Okay. No. Good choice. Um, Bob says Pet Cemetery. Just throwing it out there in the uh, chat. And another good one. We we, we th- did that one. Th- there's a list of movies that that we can go on. And, and I'm going to go stay out of that rod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of history on that rod. 
You're keeping away from that rock. I'm just like really curious how John Lithgow is going to do in that role, man. I'm, I'm excited for that casting, to be honest. So. Couldn't have been as good. <laughs> you yeah. got Herman Monster. For I that. mean, I, I like John Lithgow, so but we'll see. Oh, I mean, I know, I know. Once you see Fred Gwynn do it, though, it's just... <clears throat> oh well, exactly. I mean, come on. Nobody. It's just one of those things. Okay, so my number one uh, answer, my yeah, favorite film of all time. I have two down here, but I'm going to stick with Stand by Me, 1986. Oh yeah, good. <laughs> nice. Okay. And and really, it was one of the first movies I've ever seen. So when it comes to movies and, and myself, I'm very nostalgic. You know what I mean? So the mm-hmm. nostalgia plays a. Uh, plays a part in, in my choices in movies. I think you know that because mm-hmm. a, a lot of people will say that that's his best movie. That he likes those movies, you know. But it's but good. It's, it's, a, it's a great. Oh, story. Stand by Me is great. I and mean, another one where it's kind of fleshed out. The, the and characters. I love the stories with the kids. Always, yeah. you know, it because it, it puts you in the place of the child. You know, the kid. Those little preteen years when you used to be able to walk outside and just go off camping and stuff like that mm-hmm. with, with other kids and stuff like that. But and you don't do that anymore, so. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. That's what sucks. I let him. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, and, and it was followed really close by Salem's Lot, the made-for-TV movie. Wow. Even though many so might we, not agree we with know me. We know we love. But, so. yeah, I really, really love that movie. But, uh, yeah, Stand By Me 1986. So. And that was such a popular movie, too. I mean, you know. Heck you yeah, couldn't man. function in society if you didn't see that movie. So. Salem's Lot? No, no, Stand By. Oh, Stand By Me. It was yeah, kind of yeah. like the Napoleon Dynamite of 1986 or whatever. Yeah, okay. You had to see it. There you go. <laughs> well, I have to say that that was like where people started to really realize, okay, Stephen King doesn't just do horror. Exactly. You know? They're like, he can do something this endearing, this heartwarming, and that movie is like, it oozes nostalgia. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. totally does with... You know, even him looking back and, you know, the end portion and stuff and, you know, saying what happened to all of his friends and, you know, some of them beaten on, just all, all these different things. Like, it's it, it's a great novella from different seasons. And Dame's in a good movie. Rob Reiner, much like Frank Darabont, I think always crushes it when mm-hmm. he tackles yeah. Stephen King, you know, so. Heck yeah, man. Uh, Darling mm-hmm. Darkness, uh, hello, uh, in the YouTube chat. And uh, let's see, Nightmare Files is there, says hello there. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining joining us, you guys. And we're going to go to question number two. What is the worst Stephen King movie? Oh. <coughs> this is easy. Uh, is it? It's the worst Stephen King book. Okay, go ahead. Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher. Dream ah, okay. <laughs> Absolutely the worst Stephen King book and the worst adaptation. You know, there's some redeeming qualities because I... I, it had Lawrence Kasdan directing. It had a hell of a cast, and you know everyone from you know Morgan Freeman to Jason Lane, you know all all across the board. It had so much talent involved, but that movie is just a mess, man. It's an absolute mess in the balance garbage. between between the camaraderie of the friends, which you see in something like Stand by Me or in It or in various others like that, you know, but. It felt very forced, and in, in my opinion, it's because the source material was written when King was super doped up after the accident where he almost died, and so the whole book is very half-baked, in my opinion, the forced, just, you know, meshing of sci-fi and stuff. I honestly think if, if you want sci-fi, King, you go to Tommyknockers. You do mm. not go Dreamcatcher, man, at least for me. And I haven't and, read that book. Um, I have it, but I haven't read it. Mm. And I usually, my rule is I don't like to watch the movies unless I've read the book first. 
So, this so I always have to read. You know, I always have to read the book there's, before there's I watch it. There's not an adaptation of Tommy Knockers, is there? It was a TV no. movie. It's a TV miniseries, man, with uh, Tracy oh, Lords. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Okay. Anyways, it sucks. it's, it's terrible, but you know, <laughs> he's good. Everything else is pretty bad. It's got Tracy Lords in it, like after her career ended and that other stuff. So you know. <laughs> holy shit! Oh, I'm yeah, not yet. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. Um. Well, I, I'm going to really quickly throw out two very forgotten films, okay, <laughs> by him. Uh, the, my, my Worst is Secret Window, 2004, Johnny Depp. Uh, really? Yeah, I did not care for that. I liked that one, man. Did you really? Okay, well, I think I only saw it one time. I don't barely a, a remember. Close, a close second was Dolan's uh, Cadillac uh, from 2009. That one's pretty garbage. With, but... with Christian Slater. I thought both of the actors in both of those movies just did not do a good job acting and the story was all over the place but that's just me i don't know i guess oh, i'm, I'm dolphins man dolphins i think it went direct to video dvd whatever yeah, yeah. Canadian production mm. like it, it's bad source material to begin with so it's like that that's the thing king short stories dude they're more hit and miss than his novels in, in my opinion which is why you get a whole fat stack of them in those points <laughs> Heck yeah, man. And Johnny Depp, just for me, he just, yeah, you know, he just... Well, that was before he got overplayed. But. Right, right, right. But anyways, go ahead. What's yours, Ted? Dark Tower broke my heart. Oh, you know... I thought you were going to say it first, yeah, but... <laughs> I, I, I might have gone Dark Tower now that I think about it, Ted. I hate that movie so broke much my with heart. passion. It didn't even occur to me as a choice because it's like, it doesn't <laughs> exist. I hate it. So I didn't even pay to go see it at the theater. I it borrowed it from exist. the library. Yeah, because <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah. And, Sport, you know, there dude. was so much build up. They were talking about doing, you know, Ron Howard's going to do this series of films, and then well, that's and like Wizard in Glass as a mini series. Yeah, and, like Harry Potter, those work. movies, man. Like, ugh. there's so much. You could either make different movies. Let's let's bring out a one, two, three, four. You know, consisting of the the Good. you know the story the storyline in there, or. I could see it being an HBO series like Game of Thrones or and something. And if they like did that, that it would be more epic than any of those shows. Ex well, yeah. Because it's just oh. So that, and that if you haven't read it, you don't know. I mean, well, they're still I mean, contending that Amazon Prime is working on a young Roland Wizard in Glass and uh, the Gunslinger stuff, but with the flop of the film, I don't know. King said it would be a complete reboot as opposed to bringing Idris Elba back. Because originally, Idris was supposed to be there for flashback scenes and stuff, but. I love Idris Elba, but that casting was terrible, and it just didn't make sense you know, to me. It's supposed to be a Clint Eastwood type. I would have taken McConaughey in the role that Idris Elba played, but I didn't. I didn't hate McConaughey in the role that he played. Right. But if they just made him a cartoon character instead of. Yeah. I liked know. where uh, Ronnie Howe was actually originally going to have Javier Bardem as the gunslinger, and I thought that was inspired. Cast. That that would have been okay. I'd have been I'd been down with that. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually wear a hat. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it had nothing to do with him being a black guy or anything like that. It's just, it's not the way he was described in the book. And then because cause of him being black, they didn't put the other black character in there. Mm. I mean, there's so many characters that just weren't in there. I mean, yeah, yeah. none of the, you know. Well, it's hard to sm smush a whole universe you know, into a, one movie like that. None of that, the you know. content was in there. <laughs> just... The excuse that they gave was it was one last time around for everybody who's read the books. You know, they're like, oh, he has the Horn of Elf now or whatever. But Oh, boy, he's got know. a horn. Whoopee. <laughs> no, it's like I'm there were things in it that. I liked, but just not. They were just like moments, little yeah, yeah, moments yeah. that I liked. Yeah. But 
Gotcha. You know, like when you know. My choice. It's not Dreamcatcher anymore. It's yeah. stuff. Uh, <laughs> it was just like you know, like when the yeah. when, worst you know, King when McConaughey's walking through like the Delivery and there's like the sign of the Crimson King. You know, he just puts his hand on it and just little things like that. I dug and then it, yeah, like, you broke my heart. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah. Dar- <laughs> Dar- Darling Darkness says uh, also riding the bullet was very disappointing as well. I disagree. I liked riding the bullet. Did you? Okay. Yeah. See, everybody's got different, you know, different ideas here, you know, with stuff. So, um, secret window. Uh, hey, Pamela Coleman in the chat. Okay, let's move on to question number three. What Stephen King book would you like to see made into a movie? And I feel like an asshole now. I was gonna say you could get me out of the way real because. Quick. <laughs> Well, let me throw my answer out there because I feel like an idiot now because I did not know that Tommy Knockers was made into a. a well, it was a TV, TV miniseries. Hasn't been made into a motion picture. But I can I can see that. Well, there you go then. Yeah, because well, I'm, interject. It's in development right now, produced by James Wan as a motion picture. Oh, there we go. Okay, okay. So there you go. I got something to look forward you know, to. Hopefully, because hopefully. it's a different format and you know. Well, I just love I just love the story. I mean, I'm big into sci-fi. That old, Absolutely. you know, 50s, 60s sci-fi era. With and that's the, the yeah. This you know, would be the story for you then. You know, and, and that you know, poking out of the ground. I, it was one of the novels I read. I read too. This and it were one of the ones that's stuck in my head in my late teens that I started reading the first books that I really mm-hmm. got into. Uh, the Exorcist was first, but uh, yeah, what a first. Came out right around each other as I look at my shelf. I know they're only like a year or so apart. So, yeah. yeah. So, so I, even though it's you know, well, I guess whatever. Tommy Knockers is is my choice for um, and they're going to do it. So there you go. There we go. A little premonition, but go ahead. Oh, get me out! I just again, I just like to see the Dark Tower done properly. <laughs> I don't mean to be boring, but here I hope it's it could be. It could be something so much better. It could be Lord of the Rings. It could be, you know, it could be yeah. that good. It could be... No, I know. You detest it so bad that you want it and it's, again. It's, so let's just... It's genre bending. Disregard it's western, that it was a It's movie. science fiction. It's horror. Yeah. You know, it's so many different things. Oh, it's know. got something for everybody. True. Right. True. You know? Since he took the easy way out and picked a movie it's that was already made. Easy. Um, <laughs> be honest. Okay, how about you, Fuego? <laughs> So, so I went for stuff that has not been previously adapted and it's not reportedly in development. Okay. So I'm actually going to go, I, I think it's one of his unsung books of the last decade. I love Duma Key. Duma Key is where Stephen King went into territory in Florida. You know, he lives there like a good portion of the year now when Maine is too friggin' cold and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's about this guy who gets in an accident, loses one of his arms, and it explores everything from phantom limb syndrome to, you know, there, there is a ghost story that they eventually, like, meet in there, but, yeah, he, he's living in this, like, pink home on the coast, like, right on the ocean. He starts getting this crazy, just, I don't know, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, burning, uh, it's, uh, I, I don't know, it's, uh, it's an inspiration to draw and to paint, and he's, like, on the ends with his wife and his daughter and all these other things, so... It's a really dope book, and it's one that surprisingly, like that and Rose Matter are two that, with like every King property practically known to man in some cycle of development or something like that, I would, I would love to see both of those. Rose Matter is one about an abused woman who's trying to escape her cop husband and stuff. But for stuff in development, man, I mean, Revival is badass. It's this kind of Lovecraftian almost. It's about this uh, you know kid who meets his preacher. 
uh, this preacher is experimenting with electrical currents from like other dimensions and stuff, and he mm. goes mm. to meet him later in life, and he's like a televangelist type, and yet he has a dark side to him. Like that, that is maybe my favorite King novel of the last decade. Revival is amazing, but uh, Josh Boone, who did uh, Fault in Our Stars, and he's reportedly doing the 10 part stand miniseries right now for CBS, he's trying to develop that. But uh, this is one that I'm, I'm wondering if Ted knows. Uh, the Talisman. I would love, love, love to see the Talisman. It ties in with the Tower. Peter and badass man. And Spielberg was trying to develop it as a TV series for Amblin at one point. And they're cool. saying there's a possibility. But yeah, so that's my that's my because they tie in the Dark Tower. Well, Black House and, and a little bit in the yeah. Dark Tower. So okay. it's cool to have those. And that was the cool part about Dark Tower. You could get all the little books that tie into it and. It was always well. Cool. They got Castle Rock now with the, it's the universe, which I, sort of. Well, that's sort of what I watched it could be. the first episode. And, uh, I, haven't, I haven't watched it. It's in my queue. I haven't watched it yet. I'm, Castle Rock sucks, man. I'm okay, ready. I was going to ask you, uh, Fuego, because I watched the first episode and I gave up on it already. Mm. It's one that I watched I mean, like week in and week out, and we're both crazy King fans and stuff, and it right. really feels more like a nod and wink reference city. Than because it's not based on any prior work, you know. It's basically right. just playing in King's playground. And Ted knows about the whole multiverse thing. It feels like a twinny Castle Rock. It's not the Castle Rock. It's like an alternate dimension Castle Rock that kind of sucks. So yeah, that's the best way that I can that I can describe. Wow, this. why do they screw these things uh, up? I'll have to uh, read Duma Key. How how does the guy lose his arm in Duma Key? Um, so he's a guy that works on uh, different like building sites and stuff like that. So it happens at the very beginning of the book. He's on site where they're putting together, uh, boy, it's an apartment complex or something like that. This huge beam falls on his truck, loses his arm. As he's going through rehab and all the meds and stuff like that, he's like fighting with his wife constantly. And she's like, you change, you know, I want to, you know, divorce, blah, blah, whatever. So he leaves Minnesota, he goes to Florida, moves over there, and that's where he starts getting the urge to paint and... That's where the inspiration comes from when he's living in this weird, this weird house on the coast. And okay. dude, his his camaraderie with this guy who lives just down the beach from him, this older hippie guy named Wireman, it's it's very grotastic. Bro I, I <laughs> the guy is so funny. He is one of the most quotable Stephen King characters there is. I okay. love Jimmy Key, man. It's I've awesome. got it on my reader. I haven't read it yet, so I'll oh, check oh, that out as soon as I can. Well, best, best novel in the decade. Or revival. I've got revival as well. I've got most of them on my reader. I just you know, just a chance to get around to reading. It. And just to throw it out real quick, you guys. Uh, Bronco Juggalo talks movies is is in the chat right now. Right. Uh, hey man, I'm gonna get your uh, link down in the description. Uh, he started this tag, so uh, to give him all credit. Great questions, uh, Stephen King fan. Uh, give us. Uh, What's his favorite ICP album? I would say uh, Amazing Jungle Brothers, but that's just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and stars here too, leading blind. So hey, how you doing, uh, Star? Hey. So, so let's move to question number four. Mm, this is uh, a fun one. Yes, yes, yes. What Stephen King character would you like to be, and why? <laughs> I'm going to take the the kid approach, but. Uh, here, yeah, let, let me go. Uh, I, I would love to be Kurt Barlow from Salem's Lot. What? I love it. I love it. It's because <laughs> if it, Ted thinks I'm a jackass. But anyways, <laughs> it's, be, it's because I, I'm i enthralled with vampires. I, I, I know. Why would you want to be a Why would you vampire? want to be that one? 
<laughs> he's not sexy or anything. <laughs> oh, I don't need to be. The, the lurking, you know, whatever. And he's ancient. <laughs> whatever. The, I love the character. I love his I, I was really wondering who you were going to pick. I didn't expect that. <laughs> well, hey, I'm going straight for Vampire. I'm going for one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, me and Vampires, I don't care if I lurk in castles or whatever. You know, I'll do what I got to do. So I, that's my choice, man. Right. So let, like let's it. let's hop the fuego. So, so we're not talking Barlow from the remake with Rob Lowe, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> we're talking the original uh, yeah. made-for-TV movie. Made for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you could hang around James Mason all day, I guess that'd be all right. <laughs> Your character, that's for sure. <clears throat> uh, Ted, which, whoever. Oh, it don't matter. Fuego, go ahead. Oh, please. Yeah, he's our guest. Yeah, um, you know, so this was a really tough one for me because I... I'm very much like Dino in the fact that I love the childhood kind of like, you know, living those memories sort of thing of yeah. characters like, you know, Jack Sawyer and the Talisman. That's why I like it so much and, you know, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, I had to go Jake Epping from 112263 because I love time travel so mm-hmm. friggin' mm-hmm. much. Back to the Future solidified that for me as a kid. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just the, the power that you can wield with something like that. And I, I would love to go to distant, you know, decades before this one. Everybody's told me constantly that with my taste in music and movies and stuff like that. I'm a man out of my time, and I... I hear you. Didn't even think yeah. about that when time travel would have been great. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's a good one, man. And, yeah. and I love that you're, you go, uh, you're a little nostalgic when it comes to all of this stuff. So mm-hmm. that's cool, yeah. Have you guys seen the JJ miniseries that they've been? It's not perfect, but it's actually pretty damn good, with the exception of adding a character that wasn't in I didn't see it. I no. didn't see it. Yeah. yeah no. It's worth the watch. It's a. Uh, I have it. It goes surprisingly good. What's it? It's on Hulu or something. I know I have it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have everything queued. I never get to watch anything. <laughs> Eventually get around Someday to when it. I'm home for a month or something. Yeah. You know? I can break an arm or some, leg or something. Yeah, maybe a leg. Arm I could still leg. work. Okay, but, leg, you know, leg. Leg, yeah, I can't walk down the hall. Okay, maybe <laughs> so, I'll do that then. Okay, how about you? Uh, I picked Ben Mears from Salem's Lot so I could kill you. No! <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did. I did. Did you really? Yes. I, I, I just really? like okay. the idea of... Uh, Regular, ordinary Joe doing battle with dark mm. evil and then uh, winning, surviving to tell the tale, and then coming back for seconds at the end of the book. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to wipe them all out again. So um, I thought that was kind of an and, and in the in the miniseries movie and in, in the TV movie kind of I hey. kind of get the feeling that you know they're they're still doing their thing. You know they're they're looking for vampires everywhere, but. Uh, Love that movie, man. Oh, I, I like that idea. You know, just a and we did the commentary on that. It no was, one who was, was called to do it. It was a really long commentary. Yeah. And, and yeah. Just a just a regular guy. Yeah. You know, a regular guy who falls into a circumstance and and you know does what he has to do. So you know, boring though. He's, he's what not the a chosen one like you, Buffy. Or Why? What do you want me to pick? You could pick. I picked the one I liked. You could pick something way out there, man. Pick your mama. <laughs> I'm actually very down with the Ben Mears choice because as far as, you know, I'm a King's story that I would love to see continued, I, I did a video for Hale like a while back called uh, Books That Need Sequels. Mm-hmm. And, dude, they left it, Ted knows, they left it, well, both, both of you guys know if you've even seen the miniseries, they left it wide open. He was coming back to get the rest of them. So. Oh, 
so that scene they just had to lick their wounds a little bit that scene at the end of salem's lot with where he opens the door and they're all crawling out i mean that scene will never get out of my head I mean, I mean, it sticks there to this That's when day, TV man. movies were good, like we were talking about during the podcast. Just, yeah, yeah. There was a time when TV movies were a big deal. Now they're shite. But... What? It's a different so, era. So seen Return to Salem's Lot, the Larry Cohen. Well, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think I've ever even seen it. No, Michael Morgarty, it. I don't know. Ever since the stuff, man, I, I love Michael Morgarty. I watch him in stuff. <laughs> so. Oh, heck. So, so that was good then, because we haven't seen that. It's it's not good, but it's enjoyable. Oh. Is what okay. I'm calling. Okay. Saying. okay. Yeah, I, I've we're, we're down it. for hey, you know, this is a good flick to watch. There's so much to watch. Stuff. I mean, yeah. I'm by no means have I even. And like I said, I've got that self-imposed rule. Not that Return to Salem's Lot has anything to do with it, but if I haven't yeah. read the book, I don't watch the movies. There's lots of movies I haven't seen. Right, right, right. For, right. Fuego. Uh, Beth, Beth says uh, Beth S in the chat. She says, um, who, "Who's a big fan? Thank you for uh, all our channels here." Um, she says, "Did you get a new shelf in the background?" And I think you did, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. There's a, it's a, it's a, actually a tower tower now, and I yeah. unveiled it the 101st episode of Hail to Stephen King. So you're only seeing a portion of it now. Yeah, it, it, it's his dark it's tower. Up. It's actually a dark tower of books. <laughs> as long as the beams don't break and it all comes crumbling. Down. <laughs> and, 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 like getting the, the, like 30 pounds of weight for each level, and I've got these fatty hardcovers like stacked to the brim. So. Oh my lord! But that is awesome, though, man. It's you got everything you love right there. That's cool. You know, awesome. Uh, Stephen King. Yeah, I'll raise my dude. King. Yeah. I uh, leading by says Dino. I can't see my red death doll. Um, not okay. Whatever. Yeah, I think it's up there somewhere. But anyways. Um, uh, let's question number five, right? Yeah, question number five. Let's see. What is the most disturbing scene in a Stephen <clears throat> King movie? This is a fun one. Ah, <clears throat> uh, let's see. You know, just for and, and this, you can go so many different ways with this, and 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 one of mine is because of my phobias is the the in Carrie, the original Carrie, not any of them. Getting movies the tampons afterwards. thrown at you. No, that, that's, that's a little disturbing, too. But no, when the mother locks her in that closet and she's got the little cross there, the religious symbolism and the, you know, just being stuck in there with that little, you know, light. And then, you know, it goes, it's just creeps me the frick out. Yeah, man. that would be and, very scary. And, and it intermingles my phobias of the claustrophobia. And that's and the, the point of Being it. locked in there. Right. Because you know, something simple like that doesn't have to be supernatural. Yeah, you know, just, and, and why that sticks out to me, you know, more than all the others, because this is a vast, vast, you know, topic to, to, to dive mm -hmm. into. But that one just hits me more than anything for, for that reason. So, yeah, yeah. So, so how about you? Me? Yeah. Um, the bear giving head to the guy in China. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, I mean, in the book, it, it was a dog, I believe. No, yeah. I guess it's a dog. Yeah, but, and, and it's also, mm. not just because it's weird, but... This whole time in the film, you're thinking this is all. Exactly. This is all what Jack Torrance's character is seeing. You know, he's the yeah. one. But then Wendy's the one who sees it. We don't deep into this in our that. commentary <laughs> on that, but go ahead. Yeah. But yeah. Wendy's the one who sees it. Right. So what's manifesting that she's seeing? Because, mm -hmm. and then there's the whole. There's lots of theories about it. You know, like maybe Jack Torrance was molesting his son. And Cody there, there are scenes where they'll show their similarities between that scene yeah. and scenes with Danny. And 
you know, just that kind of is disturbing as well. He's like, you know, I love you, son. And he's just sitting there with him and stuff. Just the weird, creepy vibe. I'm actually not the biggest fan of the Shining film because I have so much, like, I I think it's so beautiful from a stylistic standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I know Cuba, I mean, shit, dude, I, I love Strange Love. I adore Clockwork and 2001 and stuff like that. But for me... I don't know. What I want to do, and I'm curious, Ted, if you've watched it, is that Room 237 documentary. Oh, yes, I've seen it. Explored all of just the, the different symbolism, and yeah, I, I yeah. get to watch it, but I'm really curious, too, because I know Kubrick just stacked. Uh, that one was okay, but then um, I think you can watch it free online, uh, Kubrick's Odyssey. Oh, that, right. that delves into it a little bit more. It tries to tie it into the... Uh, Apollo Moon theory that that Kubrick directed that footage, yeah, and I mean it makes an interesting case. Yeah, you, you were saying that was the better of the two. So I mean, yeah. I, I know Kubrick didn't do anything for nothing. You know, <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, no. Everything is there for a reason. I mean, there's mm. scenes in The Shining where there's conspiracy a, theory. There, he, he's yeah. typing, and there's a chair, and then it flashes away, comes back, the chair is gone. I mean, he didn't make mistakes. The, the chair's not there for a reason, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know what it is. But that that scene always just. I don't know. Because yeah. it's just the crescendo of the movie and, you know, the shit's going down and... Right, right. No, I get you. I and get that you. in the middle of it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, uh, Fuego, what's your, how yes. about you? Yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's really tough because you can go for iconic stuff. Like, for me, watching the miniseries and, you know, this isn't a film, obviously, but, you know, the part where Georgie is like, you let me die, Bill, and so on. I, I still remember seeing that as a really little kid and that just... It scared me so much, you know, especially being an older brother, you know, to, to two younger siblings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, or I could go with, uh, you know, Zelda in, in Mary Lambert's Pet <laughs> Cemetery. That, honestly, Zelda scared me as a child more than anything else in that movie. Right. And when I saw the casting for this new movie is going to be an age-appropriate girl, I don't think it's going to hit in the same way that that man playing the character contorting around and, all that craziness, it, it's not going to have the same impact, but... You can't recreate that. To it, mm. I had to go with, um, I, I saw this one as a teenager, uh, Creepshow 2, The Raft, where the guy is trying to get down on the girl, mm. and like he un- unleashes her bosoms or whatever, and then <laughs> we see what's actually going on with her face being like ripped up by the tar and stuff. Mm. That gave me nightmares so hard. It, I mean, it was like... Yeah, I'm a you know teenager, you know, getting a woody, and then I see that, and I'm frightened <laughs> beyond belief and just disgustipated. Uh, I still think that's the best adaptation of a Stephen King short story that's ever been done, and it was filmed here in Arizona too, just up north around Prescott, okay. uh, just south of the White Mountains and the Grand Canyon and stuff. And I, I don't know. There's something for me that I don't go swimming in lakes or anything, <laughs> and just because that movie must be up so much or. But that oh. segment, Creepshow 2, at least. So. Yeah. That is the best part of Creepshow 2. I mean, the rest yeah. of it I could completely throw away. Most no, again, it, it, it goes into each individual's fears and, and you know, what you know yeah. affected them when you were younger and you've seen these movies and stuff, you know. So, yeah, it's even though somebody else might have a, a more, you know, disturbing, you know, part in the, any other film. But, yeah, yeah, those... I get you, man. I don't... Actually, I had rats as pets, but I won't. I won't talk about that since Fuego's so disgusted by it's all right. rats. Yeah. <laughs> they make great pets. You're just breeding. You're just breeding them. <laughs> if you want to go a different kind of disgusting? I would have to say the whole Oedipus Rex crap and Sleepwalkers. Yuck. Have you seen Sleepwalkers? I haven't seen Sleepwalkers. Oh, you got it. 
It's good. I do have to? Yes. Okay. Well, I told you I want to do it in the, in the I know show. you've mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cat people banging their mothers. It's yep. pretty messed up. Yeah. Oh, in there Twin We'll watch that. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, yeah sounds Kate good. had all the drugs in the eighties, man. His mind. <laughs> I know. Yeah, did it have to time? Didn't he say he didn't remember even what he did? I think or? he said he didn't remember right. What, what book did he say he didn't remember writing? Yes, I'm uh, writing Pet Cemetery, right? Apparently, remembers writing Tommy Knockers, and there's a few others. Like the, yeah. the mid '80s was when he was at his absolute worst. Like people talk about him being on the set directing Maximum Overdrive, and he's like going into the trailer to launch shit up his nose, man. And just, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Unreal, nice. man. We had that burst of creativity in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. burst of creativity. Well, some of the best stuff. It snowed a lot in the 80s, you know. Okay. But... <laughs> okay, yeah, let's, um, let me see the chat here real quick. Uh, uh, did he say, just say bosoms? Yes, he did say uh, Heck yeah, bosoms, unleashed. Uh, the bosoms. bosoms unleashed. Hashtag bosoms unleashed. Yes, uh. Uh, let's see, Darling Darkness, sadly, the butchered, they butchered the ending of The Raft. The I actually like the different ending, personally. I beat you, instead of him getting hypnotized by the oil slick like he does at the end of the short story. I like that. I Very similar to The Mist, I like the different ending. Ooh, cool, okay. I had that movie monetized for, or memorized for a while, so waiting by. Okay, cool. Uh, so let's go to question number six. Question yeah. number six is... Who is your favorite Stephen King villain? No contest. No contest. Yeah, let's see if we all got the same thing here. Um, I'll go with um, Jack Nicholson from The Shining. Okay. That's, you know, it's just because of everything, you know, the, the, the psychotic nature that he, and, and the twist he turned where, you know, he mm -hmm. went crazy after his wife as a child and going, so, yeah, I think he's, for me, I for like me, it. I, like it. I, I don't think that's what Fuego's going for, but he's got something different. And well, let's hear I, what I think got. I might know what he's, well, let's see, go ahead. Oh, you want me to go next? Or yeah, go ahead. The walking dude. Yeah, he's the one who's appeared <laughs> as a villain in more so than anything else that... Mm, like, Randall Flag. Okay, okay. Flag. Those other many guises, but... Yes. This would be the character you might know from The Stand, um... The, the villain in the stand who calls all the people to Vegas and um, see that it's I, I'm not is is well did you see the Dark Tower? No no no. I okay didn't. well Matthew McConaughey's character same guy. Okay okay, um, okay. yeah. He's in Eyes of the Dragon. He's, he's that's why I got these list. two guys here because I'm not as ex uh, you know, I don't <laughs> he's, know the he's knowledge. the multiverse villain. Yeah. Goes by many names. Um, gotcha. You know fans that are reading the books have to. You look for initials. He, he'll use certain initials, and sometimes okay. a character will have a different name with the, with the same initials, and you, you just you watch, and okay. that's usually him. Uh, most recently in Wendy's Button Box, which was the Castle Rock novella, which uh, he was under the guise of Richard Barris, RF Randall Flagg. Like, he always has the RF kind of thing. Right, so, right. And that's the guy. So, <clears throat> yeah, he's, he's appeared as a villain whether in a cameo role or as like a central character in more King things than anything else, man. So that's why he's definitely the most iconic. Honestly, Ted, I felt he was drastically underserved in the later Dark Tower books. I was mm -hmm. very, very disappointed in what yes. King decided to do with him, especially in the seventh book. But, yes. um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. It's I'm not the demise I wanted for him. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he was... 
he was painted as the iconic like major antagonist, and then mm-hmm. in those back three books, they shifted gears and yes. King, you know, and I'm not and, and the Crimson King was big and silly and you know maniacal at the end once he finally right. gets there and yeah. hurling bombs and he's like, you can't get back on and all this crap. Yeah, but yeah, Randall Flag dude, Walking Dude, the Man in Black. He has many names, but yeah, he is the best. That's how the Dark Tower starts, you know, the Man in Black. You know. See, I'm missing out on the the whole Dark Tower universe type thing going on. You'll get so, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll um, get there. Eventually. Once, so, once you start getting into them, like I said, Drawing of the Three Wastelands, right. you're hooked. No, no, I know. <laughs> I, I tend to float back to my favorite novels. Not only are they two of the better and... Stephen King books, they're two of the best books I've ever read. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, how about, how about you, Fuego? Who's... Uh... Same. Well, you know, Ted, Ted had my choice, but since you told me that he knew his King stuff, I had a feeling, so I chose a backup for my second favorite. Okay. And my second favorite is actually the one that I would like to see explored more so with either a prequel story or a sequel story. I also mentioned his name for novel sequels I would like him to write, and that's Leland Gump from uh, Needful Things. He is such a just badass, long, just eons-long traveler, basically. I mean... In the film, I don't know if you've seen the film or if you've read the book or anything like that, but, I mean, he has gone from town to town and just corrupted and manipulated <laughs> and all of these different things. I mean, in the, in, in the novel and the movie, I think if I remember correctly, he makes references about, you know, being like, like stretching back to the times of Jesus and all, all these other things. So I, I would like to see him in a different American town and maybe somewhere in Europe or, you know, the Middle East or whatever. Yeah, he is, cool. and, and, and the fact that he... Gets away at the end, you know, and he's mm-hmm. off. Always second. gets away. <laughs> he left it gapingly wide open for another story with this antagonist, with this villain. And uh, that's actually, it was supposed to be the last Castle Rock story. Didn't end up being the last Castle Rock story. Mm-hmm. But um, Ted got Pangborn in there, you know, who everybody knows from, you know, uh, The Dark Half. And he was also in... Uh, Oh, uh, Cujo, I think it's when he takes over for, uh, you know, Bannerman, the guy who gets killed by the dog and stuff. So it's it's very much part of the whole, uh, you know, Castle Rock verse. You have Ace Merrill, you know, is in Needful Things, the book, not the not the adaptation. But, you know, he, he's in the book as a central character that Leland manipulates and stuff. So I know how much you like Stand By Me, man. Needful Things is a good read if you're into continuation of those characters. So, okay. So. Yeah, I, I have not read that novel, so that's nope. probably... Yeah, one That's I should put on the, the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Bronco uh, Juggalo, he, he says, thank you very much. It's an honor to do this tag. And he said, especially in this way. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been I've been digging these tag videos. Don't mm-hmm. I think it's because we can interact together and right. and just to come up with our own personal questions and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, answers to the questions and doing it live like this, you know. Prolongs it a little bit. It's not a seven-minute right. video. But it's neat to hear, you know, your reasons why. Right. You know. Yeah. And it's awesome that I can have guests on here, too, and, and join in yeah. on the fun like this and stuff like that. Absolutely. So, so without a doubt, yeah. Um, no problem, Bronco. And again, I'll get the link down there to you. And, and, and yeah, let's. So, so then let's move to... Question number seven. I forget all the questions. I just have my answers written down. So yeah, that's all right. That's what, all right. I'll read the question. Was I'll that? read the question. <laughs> really? You, you don't know what questions are? I, I just wrote answer? down answers. I don't always necessarily <laughs> okay. know that. Okay, question number Once you say the question, I'll realize why I wrote that qu- down. Qu- question <laughs> number seven. Who is your favorite Stephen King hero? Oh, so well, now I know. <laughs> now I know why I write this guy's Okay. Um, well, why don't you go first? Let me go time? first? Yeah. 
Um, whether it's the film or the book, because I think they're both inspiring, would be Andy Dufresne. Ah, okay, did you I, got. Did I steal yours? Right there. Oh, yeah. Just um, to overcome like he did, to, and to overcome. Yeah, very sympathetic character, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, and uh, to to always maintain hope in adversity. Right. Which I think maybe came through in the in the film a little bit more than in the the book, but um, just in, in in all that horror and and torture and and misery to that's another novel always have hope oh, well. yeah. <laughs> no no exactly it, yeah and, and and i got the same thing for all the same reasons yeah i mean shawshank redemption and, is another great you know, and maybe in more in, in the film and, than, the, than the short story just he's such a, that film is just so perfect you know i mean <laughs> I remember trying to get my parents to watch it, and I told them it was based on a Stephen King story. Yeah. And that, like you were saying, how he, he writes things besides horror. Yeah. And they gave me such a fight about watching it at first. Like, just try it. I yeah. promise you, you'll like it. They and, were convincing <clears throat> you to watch it. No, I was trying to get them to watch them to, it. Oh, okay, okay. You know, because he carries that stigma with him that it's just horror. Gotcha. You gotcha. Know? And um, <clears throat> I remember seeing it at the theater when... Uh, I saw it first run in the theater, and mm-hmm. you know that's when Pulp Fiction and Forrest Gump and all those, and, and no one bothered <laughs> to see this film. I don't think you know it caught on in video rentals well, and cable. I, I have this discussion all the time. Some of the best movies are like mm-hmm. come in number twenty, on, you know, and it was my best film of the year. I was like, th- th- yeah. there's nothing better than this, right? And yeah, yeah. Then Forrest Gump wins, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah, I like Zemeckis, but no, it was not. Right, yeah, right. no, 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 no. Like no. I said, as soon as you go full on retard, you win the award, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get you. So, how about you? How about you, Fuego? Oh man, you know, uh, favorite hero. <laughs> favorite hero. I I like the conflicted heroes. I like the people who, and then obviously, you know, Andy would be one of them too, but. Uh, if I was to go not movie, if I was going to go miniseries, I would most definitely, definitely, definitely go Larry Underwood. Larry Underwood from The Stand in the miniseries I thought was represented very, very well as a character who has a good heart but doesn't always make the right decisions. And yet, you know, I'm I'm big on the whole martyrdom, you know, sacrificial lamb kind of complex. Right. And yeah. I mean, another one who does it very well is John Smith in The Dead Zone, where he's willing to lay down his life for the greater good. And both of those characters do it. And it's spoilers in there. You know, they, they both the die, stars. but their sacrifice is for a bigger, greater goal. And that's why I just adore both of those characters. I mean, Bill, Bill Hodges would be another one. Uh, you know, uh, he doesn't you know lose his stuff till the end. Uh, Guard from uh, from the Tommy Doctors. He's another sacrificial lamb who is willing to go up in that ship. And you know, after you know getting rid of Bobby and everything, he's you honestly need oh, to watch. Yeah. The- no, no, yeah, yeah. Not, it's it's bad in its effects and stuff, but mm. Jim Smith really embodies that character very well, in my opinion, especially with like his drunken freak out of the poetry reading. And I mean, did yeah, the story it, did it, the story come go along good? Uh, I mean, you know, with how they... I, as you as you always have with like Stephen King adaptations, and anytime you're adapting a bigger novel, it's really the cliff notes, so it's like the big okay. beats kind of thing. But yeah. it's it's fairly faithful in the big beats; it doesn't really alter that much. It was an ABC miniseries. I I want to say it came in between it and The Stand, but I can't recall one hundred percent. Around that time for sure. So yeah, it was early nineties. Yeah. Uh, Huh. And, uh, if I'm not going to go to Sacrificial, dude, I would definitely go either Jake Epping from 1122 or Jack Sawyer again from, uh, you know, because I love 
time travel. I love interdimensional jumping and things like that. Like, Heck yeah, man. That's the kind of stuff I always wanted to do as a kid, and it's never left me. I would still... See, that's I, another I thing you'd like with Dark Tower. Oh, no, without a doubt. I and know that's another thing you'd love with Dark Tower. Right. You know, you, you go through a door, and all of a sudden you're in a parallel America where right. maybe everything's the same, but there's, like, different faces on the money or something like that, you know? Yeah. You know, Quantum the, Leap or Family Guy where it's Stewie, yeah. where, you know, where he goes back yeah. in time. <laughs> you know, it's just little differences. And, and yeah, it's, yeah. you know, that there's different... There's layer upon layers of worlds, and yeah, you know that's the whole point of the story to protect these worlds. I know. I've got a crap load of stuff I got to get to. Get to. It's, and, and dude, Dino, it's so cool because like Father Callahan from Salem's Lot is yeah. brought into the later volumes, and he's doing interdimensional jumping, and he notices really? like yeah. those differences on the money and things like that, and how you know like he, he reads a newspaper and there's a different president than mm -hmm. there should be at the time and stuff like that and then they bring in yeah. Ted Brogdon from Hearts in Atlantis in the seventh book which is really dope a character that Andy or excuse me Anthony Hopkins played in the film right. and so uh yeah it's dude those books are so good I cannot recommend them enough he's actually awesome. a very big character in in like fifth and sixth books you know wow really okay um, yeah. I, I know my brother I mean a major years character. and years ago he Almost forced me. Get, He's read the one who these, told me to read them. Yeah, read these Billy's books. The one who told me book. to read them. Yeah, and I never, I never got to them. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, so I'm, I'm missing out on. I, whole I probably chunk wouldn't of have got to them if good if stuff, it wasn't man. for your brother. So yeah, yeah. I, my real last name is Callahan, so I have that like little connection mm -hmm. tissue kind of oh. thing and stuff. And he becomes an official part of the quartet in those later books, man. Mm -hmm. He is wow. part of the crew with Roland and everybody else. So. That's so cool, <laughs> man. Oh. Wow. Okay, yeah, so so let's get to the very last question. Yes, um, so the toughest one as well. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite Stephen King book and why? Mine probably, the less books you read, the easier the question. <laughs> so so my, mine's probably going to be pretty easy. Um, I, I've got it, uh, 1986, uh, you know. My top three, man. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one that... It's a There's a lot of reasons for it to be number one, you know. It's... Right, right. I mean, it. it I mean, characters, storyline, nostalgia. It was the first book I, I really read. I mean, I mean, Exorcist was technically the first book. Nothing to do with Stephen King, people, but um, and and that book scared the living crap out of me. But anyways, uh, it was technically the next book I ended up reading, mm -hmm. and. You know, yeah, I harken back to that and just, yeah, you can't get the story out of your head once you read it. Mm -hmm. And that's why, Fuego, that's why I'm so, so hard on the... on the adaptations that they, they do. Because this was not... miniseries too? I'm not even a real big fan of that either. I mean, and I love Tim Curry. Right, right, but, same um... here. Yeah. I mean, I liked, I liked the new one better than the old one. Um, really? do, 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 do I, I'm not so sure about. Um, well, no, no, I, it's it's very close. But if you're talking Pennywise, um, I, I, I'll go with the original. I, I'm sorry, I would go with the original. But I, I just feel like everyone who's gushed over it hasn't read the book. Exactly. You'll see that book on your shelf and go, "I'm not reading that," <laughs> you know. And you have to ask, guys, did you? Read the book before you saw the Curry miniseries. Yeah, oh, I start. Yeah. I started. I mean, I've read the book a few times. Yeah, I read it when it first came out in paperback. Right. And so that's, yeah, I was one of those kids. Um, you know, in the early '90s when the miniseries came out, that I saw the miniseries first and I read the book later. 
So it has that iconic nostalgic. No, connection. I think I read the book first. Okay. Yeah, I read the book first because yeah, yeah. I remember the cover had the the claw hand coming out of the gutter oh, and right. grab it. And yeah. So I read that probably a year before the miniseries, saw the miniseries, and then when I knew the new movie was coming, I knew I wouldn't end up seeing it in the theater. I knew I'd watch it on Blu-ray or something, right, right. and I and I read the book, and then I watched it and, yeah. and, and, and cried. And um, no. I mean, there's good things about no, with, it. But, with, with me, it's, it's again. But, you know, I still think they do a tremendous job with, uh, for instance, like where, where Bev is hearing the voices in the train. Mm -hmm. I feel like that scene is done. That that might be the scariest scene in the yeah. entire. Like again, there was moments in it that I liked, yeah. but as a whole, overall, I still don't think they've. You know, I mean, I guess you can't Lord of the Rings everything, and. Uh, well, Steve J. Atkins <laughs> in the chat says the original was uh, fine until the cross. Crosshair Spider Muppet showed up, but you know what? It was it was what it was back then. I, I mean, you read the book. The the book doesn't even really, yeah. you know, it's 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 just an, an interpretation, and yeah, you know, it's not like he goes into vast detail of what it looks like, and right, right. No, it's more about the ritual of Chud and like the whole mind game kind of thing, anyway. Yes. You know, between you know both his adults and his kids and stuff. You know, if I'm going to talk about the 2017 film, though, I. It's, it's funny, and, and Ted will know a little bit more about having this little Dark Tower stuff. It's like, King is very big on those alternate, you know, twinny universe, mm -hmm. similar universe kind of things. I just tried to look at it 2017 as being like a twinny dairy. It's almost like an alternate universe theory where things don't transpire exactly the same. Where Ben right. is all of a sudden the expert on the town, and where mm -hmm. it's, there's, there's all these little subtle, nuanced differences. And when I look at a show like Castle Rock or even... Uh, last year, that new interpretation of Mist, which really sucked, but still wow. had a couple redeeming qualities here and there. That's what I try to look at for these new interpretations and adaptations of King stuff, because it really is just reimagining at right. the end of the day. And I, and I don't so. get sore about you know different adaptations of books. You've always got the book. It's just someone else's interpretation right. of it. <laughs> it's not the same thing as, say, remaking Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that. You know, this is a book. You can make oh, yeah. it as many different ways as you want. Right. But I guess my concern would be, you know, no one's going to grab that book off the shelf and read it because there's this movie I can watch. And right. yeah. the book is so rich. And I love the 50s setting. I love the bond oh, between yeah, the yeah, children. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, the backstory, you know, the, the chapters that are told from, you know, its perspective, mm -hmm. and yeah, it takes a long damn time to read it. But well, was that so, your favorite too? It's a or time. Do you gotta, well, well, I don't want to just jump in here, but I'm just okay. Go ahead. Between that and and the stand, mm -hmm. and yeah, there's a big three for Stephen King. I you know, I was hoping we would get the big three because they're my top three. And they kind of shift places depending on mm -hmm. which I've most recently, mm -hmm. honestly, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah. But yeah, I would certainly say it. And if, if it's my turn, I would certainly say mm -hmm. The Stand. Okay. Just because of the scope of the story, what it deals with. It's not necessarily a horror story. It's it's the apocalypse, the end of the world. It's good mm -hmm. versus evil. It's God versus the devil. It's, you know, and it doesn't necessarily end happy. Um and it also ties in a dark tower. Right. <laughs> they come yeah. out a door, and hey, this is the world where Captain Trips happened. Yeah. But um, you know, just just the, the time that it takes to tell this story, and all the characters involved that all get a chance to flesh out right. and, and have their moments, mm -hmm. and it just makes it a great read. And it's like more the stand, the better. 
Yeah. Uh, real, real, real quick, I'll let you go next uh, before you go here. Uh, did, no, did you did you get a chance to read um, any of the Anne Rice uh, Vampire Chronicles? Me? Yeah. You know, I read up through uh, Tale of the Body Thieves. Yeah, yeah. Fourth book. Devil or uh, Devil Memnock, I yeah, want to say. Yeah, Memnock the Devil, yes. It's like fifth book, but yeah, honestly, it was back in high school, and I very vaguely remember anything beyond... Lestat switching bodies and okay. beef and all that. So it's actually a series I've wanted to. The, <clears throat> my my ex girlfriend who I dated for a long time was big, 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 crazy into into those books, man. Oh, and, my, uh, yeah, my favorite. Was my mom. My mom loved those books. Just never got around to it. So <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I just said I could. I mean, I would love to find somebody who's who's into it as much as I am because those are. That's my favorite. Just put out- you can go talk to my mother. <laughs> I could just put out correct that dealt with it, it like tied in with Atlantis and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Didn't she just put out a, a new Lestat book in the last year or so? Yeah, yeah. Prince Lestat. Yeah, it's, yeah. And she's yeah. Uh, currently with her son developing a new television adaptation that right. I'm very excited about. So I, I, I mean, I am too. Yeah. It's, it's rich mythology, man. Do you get into her weird like Jesus books and stuff like that? Yeah, no. Well, Memnock the Devil was just, I really love that because they were going back and forth with God and the Devil, you know. Say, you know. But she wrote so, like I don't know if it was two books or three books, a trilogy of like uh, young Jesus. Um, th- those, you might not even know about them. No, no, no. Well, of course, I know everything that she's put out, even that the love stuff in the very. Oh, you like those Sleeping Beauty books, huh? No, 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 no. I, that I didn't care for. I, I didn't even care for my mom. mom read them. Mummy the Rams, Rams is the mummy. I, I didn't care. Oh my god, those those Sleeping Beauty whatever <laughs> shit, man. I don't know. My mom goes, "It's all spanking." Um, <laughs> well, well, hey, let's end it with. Uh, with let's end it with Fuego uh, telling us his. Uh, well, you know, since you guys obviously talked about both, and for me, I'm going to just segue into what is obviously the third of the big trilogy, and some people may think it's a shining, for me it's not. Uh, some people might, like, Salem's Lot is a four for me, um, The Wastelands and Wizard and Glass, that's my favorite period of The Dark Tower, is those two books, like, right beside each other, because they basically bridge, um, you know, it's, it's funny because for me, um, there is, like, the, the shining hope that is the stand at the end, at least the, the original ending, where it's like, well, life will go on, and you know, so on and so forth, and you know, the the birth of you know Stu and uh, 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 the what's her face's child, but um, Franny's child. But it was one of those where it was like more of the melancholy, moderate variety, where it's it's so bittersweet in the fact that it's about losing your childhood and how memories fade and things like that. And the last time that I read it right before the film came out last year, I think it hit me harder than ever before because it had been a few years since I'd read it and I'd gotten older and I was like, wow, there's a lot of friends who I loved as a kid and I'm those memories of just fond friendships are fading and stuff like that. And it really, I mean, especially at the end of that book where you guys know since you both read it, they're already forgetting the adventure that they just had. It's already just just diminishing and you know the, the the glimmers are fading and so whereas you know the stand has hope it is more so like moderate the third is the one where there's no hope whatsoever and it's not something that king does very often in his novels which is why he locked this book in a drawer for <laughs> three or four years or something and that's pet cemetery pet cemetery for me is the scariest and the darkest novel at least that he's ever written and there's a reason why he was like this is the most effed up thing. I'm just going to throw it away and I'm not going to release it. And it's because it was so closely connected to his own family. 
right. he was essentially envisioning because you know his son I, I can't remember if it was owen I, I actually think it was owen his youngest who when he was living by that road when he was teaching at that college was running towards a road where there were those same big semis going up and down and king always says you write what you know and he was basically envisioning the darkest scenario for his family and putting it to paper if his son got ran over by a semi. And I think it was so personally connected to his own family, especially even his daughter saying, you know, that's my cat, that's not God's cat and all this other stuff. Like it was so personally connected that maybe that's why he didn't feel right about releasing it because it was that closely connected to him. Right. And mm -hmm. there's no silver lining at the end of that novel, man, none whatsoever. <laughs> Donuts. No. <laughs> thank, God, thank God he put it out, though, right? It's oh, out there. So. It's so good, though, because it's so effed up. Like, the the descent, the downward spiral into madness that, that you know, uh, that, that Lewis goes into, and just the justification for his madness, the whole, hey, ho, let's go, and that's his battle cry with the Ramones and everything. I mean, <laughs> it's really frightening to see, and then you do have sheer terror, like, where he sees the, the Wendigo, and um, <clears throat> I've actually theorized for a, a little while now that basically jumping over that deadfall or whatever is essentially him stepping into a thin Ted and he's mm -hmm. going into another dimension. Right. You know, right. it's like one of those thin patches like in uh, Crouch End and Eyeball Canyon and, you know, places like that. So, yeah, Pet Cemetery, whereas, you know, once again, the stand has hope. It is more melancholy and in the middle, tone-wise, at the end, but Pet Cemetery is dark as fuck, and <laughs> it's, there's no hope at the end of that book, none whatsoever, so that's why it's so... Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's that's, big. Cool. Just, that's it's cool, so we hit them all. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. No, you know, no. Like, and the, I would put those as the top three. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, at least for me. Excluding so. Dark Tower series, just yeah. novels, boom, right there. Cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's the tag. That's eight questions. Bronco Juggalo uh, mm -hmm. talks movies. Uh, link will be down there and everything like that. But um, Fuego, you, anything special coming up with your new Hail to Stephen King series? Uh, well, in September, it's the 40th anniversary of The Stand. So before the month is over, we're going to be doing some coverage of the comic book, myself and Cecil. Uh, we're going to be talking about the miniseries. So that's one thing. When does uh, that premiere? Started. Is that going to premiere soon? What's that? The seri the new miniseries. Is that when will it's, that premiere? It's been in development hell for a while now at this <laughs> point. So there's a, they're saying it's going to be a ten episode series on the CBS All Access, which is where they put the Star Trek Discovery yeah. show. Oh no way! Think about that because I thought I thought Mr. Mercedes was badass, but yeah, very few people have the audience AT and T Direct TV whatever network, and so not as many people got to see it as they should have. Um, so, yeah. CBS I, Hall Access. That's all right. Yeah. There's well, ways of seeing it. I know. <laughs> yeah, ten episodes instead of four, though. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought the Marvel comic adaptation of The Stand was very well done. I don't know if either of you guys have got the chance to check it out. but I haven't, but I know, um, I know it exists. But it's good, and they didn't really omit very much. They they released issues for where there was like five or six different like mini series, and they went for like three or four years. So it, it covered just about everything. Um, including the omitted stuff from the original version that was added in the uncut. So uh, uh, we also started a new book club, like I mentioned, uh, I think at the very beginning of the video. So uh, at the beginning of the month, we had this uh, Facebook group called Hail to Stephen King that was kind of an offshoot of the series. And 
uh, the, the YouTube series, I should say. Oh yeah, so, go check uh, out that. Yeah, I should put that down there and link too. Uh, yeah, Hail to Stephen King Facebook group. Uh, yeah. Go join yeah. that. Yeah. We have a closely knit content, man. I mean, we have various people from all over the world, Spain, Italy, uh, Mexico, you know, lots of UK peeps, and they're, they post everything from, like, uh, international editions of books that they have and stuff, covers I've never seen. So we, we do Tower Tuesday every Tuesday where we post, like, you know, Dark Tower memes and yeah. pictures and stuff like that, which is pretty dope. And so I actually just uh, decided at the beginning of this month to start doing a monthly book club thing. So at the first Monday of each month, you know, say, hey, this is what we're going to reread. And last video of the month on the YouTube channel, the horror show is going to be just covering that book. And this month it's Bag of Bones, which not <laughs> my favorites, but, um, you know, uh, Mike, Mike Noonan's an okay character. I don't know if you guys ever saw the Pierce Brosnan miniseries. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Mm. It's not very good. <laughs> and the whole dealing with child custody issues and things yeah. like that. It's just not topics I found very fascinating. And right. Like that, Dreamcatcher are my two least favorite adaptations of Psy King. But, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. No, good, Excellent. man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Who, who said something in here? Uh, Stephen G. Atkins says the gunslinger has the best opening line. Huh? The man in black yeah. fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, it's not the most easiest book to jump into that world in. But it is what it is, and it's important. But after that, it's gravy. Yeah. So okay. that's usually what I tell people: get past the first book. It's a little odd, but cool. Then, then it's gravy. And anything <laughs> between you guys you want to talk about real quick here? You guys good? Well, and it's also a line that Ted knows that pops up at the perfect time in book seven. So <laughs> can't say it though, huh? You can't say it because it's a spoiler. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, say it like okay. opening line from book one shows up in book seven, and it's at the most perfect time. So. Mm, okay. 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 <laughs> but, you know, it's just is a wheel. It's just a big wheel. You know, the story yeah, ends where it begins. The story's gonna go along. So yeah, life is cyclical in many ways. That's mm. spoiling. That's cool. Awesome. Yes. So, so there you go. But yeah, we're, we're not going to keep this too long. I think we've gone uh, a little over an hour. Over an hour. Have you read yeah. The Outsider? My kids got it for me for Father's Day. Yeah, dude, it's good. It's actually. Good? Have you read the Bill Hodges trilogy? Okay. All right. If they you picked it up Bill for me. I just haven't read it yet. Mm. It's on the shelf. It's a, there's a character from the Bill Hodges trilogy. It's almost like a okay. pseudo spin-off kind of thing. It's another hard-boiled crime thing that right. has supernatural elements employed kind of halfway through without spoiling anything, but it's really good. Okay, great. Yeah, they picked it up for me, and I just, I got to get around to Is it. Is Stephen King still kicking out? Are these newer novels still good? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you still put something in I haven't read them, but... Sometimes twice a year. Like last year, he put out Sleeping Beauties with his son, mm -hmm. which was, uh, you know, a big, fat novel with tons of characters in it, or novel, I should say, and then he put out Morning's Button Box, and... Uh, you know, a couple short stories. So he's still at his age. Uh, uh, his birthday's the day after mine, and I'm mm. actually playing the show with my band on the 21st. I'm trying to get my band to cover Pet Cemetery by the Ramones, and yes. they're not so hot on it because they're not punk rock guys. <laughs> mm. But uh, yeah, man, uh, yeah, he's still he's still doing this thing, even at going. Uh, well, he's in his 70s now. So. Yeah, yeah. No, okay, cool. Yeah. You got that record by Demons and Wizards, all about Dark Tower. Oh man, where there's the uh, the terror train or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got that album at home. <laughs> I, they, uh, I 
did three different videos for Hail to Stephen King where uh, they were basically covering music mentioned in the series. So I did a two-parter for the first four books and the last three where I just went song by song that's mentioned in the novels. Mm -hmm. And then I did a third video where it was music inspired by the Dark Tower. Okay. And so, yeah, we got copyright hit even though we were abiding by fair use of bastards. But yeah, using like 15-second clips in some of these songs from these European bands because it's all European bands that are yeah. Dark Tower metal and stuff like that. But yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was a very fun video to put together, man. It was dope. Wow, wow. That's it's a whole huh? Not the whole whole record, but yeah. a good Most chunk of it, of it yeah. is, is all dedicated to Dark Tower. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Cool. Okay, yeah. It's uh, So there you go, you guys. Um, another tag live video in the books. And, um, Hashtag Tower Junkie for me, man. I'm glad we got to talk about it a little bit. Heck yeah. No, I, thank you for join us, joining Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And um, yeah, check out, all, check out all the links below, you guys. Click them all. Subscribe. Bronco Juggalo. Love talks movies. Uh, check him out too. The link will be down there. And um, yeah, we're gonna get ready and onto the next tag. And awesome. um, <laughs> it's the Ted show for that one, I guess. Yeah, right? it'll be the Ted show for that one. And, and then I'm a comment in on the uh, full moon tag because back in back in my childhood, I loved the hell out of full moon, and I feel like they they dropped off in quality as the years. Oh yeah, I just I mean, subscribed to the streaming channel, so. Subspecies, transers. I mean, Heck I was yeah. all, all into those when I was younger, man. And then it started doing people wrong or whatever. No, right, 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 right. No, but those classics are are classic. Yeah, there's, I mean, subspecies is beautiful. I was watching an old one last night uh, called Laser Blast, and I sort of got Rodney McDowell's in it for probably less than ten minutes. Yeah, but I'm like, how did they? You know, did he owe someone a favor or something that you know he's even probably. in the movie? <laughs> but. Yeah, he, he yeah, plays a role that anybody could have done. <laughs> so Tim Thomerson is the shiznit though, dude. Oh. I wish that guy still still doing stuff. Doll yeah. man and, and transers. They'll do what they can. To I guess what I like about them is, is that it's all in house and they do it all themselves, all original scripts, no remakes or yeah. anything like that. You know, they do it their own way. Right, and right. Uh, I, I just think that's cool. It's like a, you know. You know, all in house. You know, they got their oh, own. Until the new Puppet Master, though, which they allowed, you know, different people, the, the Bone Tomahawk guy to do a mm -hmm. remake, kind of pseudo reboot of, and that's actually, that, that movie's awesome. Yeah, oh, there, there's a couple, we're, we're not as big into the gore. There was a couple parts where we're like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah. But I didn't hate it at all. No, so. right. You, you said it was self contained, you know. The best, right. best entry in that series for me, having, like, I had the puppets, you know, as a kid and stuff like that, mm -hmm. thing, whatnot. Nothing beats Puppet Master 2 for me, but, you know, everything else is kind of subjective. 1, I, 2, I, and 3 I rented ad nauseum. Yeah. 4 and 5 pretty much, too. I mean, 1, two, three, one through 5 I love. Yeah. The yeah. rest I'll watch. Like, I just, you probably saw the video. I, I, I got the big collection. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I finally watched it all. I, I'm all done. I, I don't think I've ever blown through movies that fast. So I've watched them all. Wow. Yeah, you went through And I, I did the last two I don't think I'd even seen. I hadn't even seen the last two. Uh, yeah, Axis, whatever. Yeah, I saw Axis of Evil, then there was Axis Rising and Axis Termination. I hadn't seen that. There's three of them. Yeah. Right. Mm, I think I, I, Axis Rising was the last one I, or Axis of Evil was the last one I had seen. Okay. So, I finished the trilogy, finally. Well, good for you. Thank you. There you go. Ted finished it. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, they're not going to disrupt the flow, even though there was little Littlest right, They're still going to keep making their own. Right, I think they'll still make their own. Yeah. Cool. 
they still got some loose ends of their own in their own movies to tie up. So. The uppers, man. You know. Okay, so yeah, there we go. Thank you again, Fuego. Go, uh, go subscribe Pleasure, to guys. the this horse awesome. show. Yeah, and, and thank you very much. And I'm sure we'll cross paths again. And well, we're friends anyway. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, um, later, you guys. Late, late horror show. Uh, see you next time. Take it easy.